and welcome to our show Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewind our childhood movies and reconsider our life goals. I'm Mia Gravidor. Joining me is Harrison Fagan, and we are continuing our Star Wars marathon with episode six. Yes, episode six. six. Not including the prequels or all that junk. Yeah, no, it is including the prequels, episode six. Yes, not including the anthology films, which are not numbered. Um, and it is the third Star Wars movie made. It is the eighth chronologically, if we are not counting the holiday special <gasps> as a movie, which you should not <laughs> you count really it as shouldn't. a movie. Um, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yes. Um, so I've only seen this once, but Harrison, you said you've seen this how many times? Honestly? Like upwards of 50, probably. 50 times. Probably, yeah, at least. Is this the one that like re-ran in your household? Yes. When we were a kid, we when we were kids, like me and my brothers probably watched this like once a week. Because of the Ewoks, right? And not because of Slave Leia, Bikini Leia. I mean, I, like as a, I remember re-watching it because it has the most action of any mm, of the movies. Yeah. I think this is okay. definitely the most kid-friendly Star Wars. It has the Ewoks who kids think are hilarious. Um, <laughs> are they though? Do you think they still hold up? Uh, I think they'll still be amusing. Okay. All right. Uh, what else do you remember? Uh, I remember that this is Boba Fett's biggest and most action-packed, you know, pun intended, role in the movies to this point. Um, I remember Luke comes back as Super Jedi Badass <laughs> after kind of finishing out his training with Yoda for the most part. Um, and I remember, you know, the fight on Endor, the them trying to destroy the second Death Star, getting to really see them fight Palpatine for the first time and all of that, because, you know, prior to this in the original trilogy, you had not really seen very much of him outside of him just talking to Vader in one scene in Empire Strikes Back. All right. So what does the title mean? Who is returning as a Jedi? It's well, Luke? Or... Yeah, it's Luke. But he didn't finish his training on... No, but he's going to. You'll see. I'll see. Yeah, the Jedi are returning in this movie because the Empire just There's struck back. There's only one Jedi. And now... Yeah, the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Jedi oh, is both plural okay. and singular. Okay, okay. I just remember from Because you wouldn't say Jedi's. Is it... Is it... Could you say Jedi, but saying plural? Yeah. Jedi is plural and singular. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, you learn something new on every episode of Rewind and Reconsider. <laughs> so what I remember is uh, Luke coming back in a all-black outfit. He is in his emo mode, right? I mean, I wouldn't. He's call angry. It that. He wears all black, right? Sure. All right. <laughs> um, Jabba the Hutt. I remember him coming in. You finally get to yes. see him. Yes, Jabba's debut. Well, his real debut. Yeah, his yeah. actual debut. We don't count New Hope. Um, yeah, and the Ewoks. That's pretty much it. I really don't remember any of the plot. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mostly remember the plot, but like, I definitely think that there's going to be things that I forgot because I think it's been the longest since I watched this movie. Oh, this one. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're ending the original trilogy, just want to check in with you. How are you doing in our Star Wars marathon? Are you Star Wars out? Are you... No, I'm doing great. I just feel bad for our audience that we didn't keep our promise and get through all of the films in time for episode nine to come out and be their route to catch up on them. I'm sorry. Some of us did not prioritize the podcast enough. I'm not going to name which host it was, though. It's wearing on me, but you know what? We're going to muscle through for the fans. All seven. All two of you thanks mom <laughs> thanks mom <laughs> we're gonna go watch return of the jedi yeah, okay Bye. okay and we're back we just finished watching return of the jedi 
and we have some thoughts as always on this podcast but before we get into the good the bad and the ugly we are going to have harrison do our 60 second summary of the movie i was not told i was doing this once again but okay here we go okay wait hold on go okay so it starts out with the opening crawl and then they go to the oh second death star immediately right off the bat bring it in your intrigue darth vader sets up emperor palpatine by telling the commander that the emperor is coming and that he's not as forgiving as vader is get it because vader is not forgiving at all he chokes all of these guys to death when they displease him uh then that we cut to jabba's palace and the rebels trying to rescue han who is frozen in carbonite on his wall uh luke shows up tells Jabba that he's going to regret it if he doesn't give him over and then Jabba's like ha 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 so you thought tries to kill him with a rancor tries to kill him with a pit of carcoon backfires spectacularly all everyone in Jabba's gang is dead uh the rebels escape Luke goes to finish his trading Yoda dies uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi tells him that Leia's his sister and that he has to kill Darth Vader they go to Endor uh join up with the Ewoks and Luke confronts Darth Vader goes to the Death Star the Death Star attack plan doesn't totally work um and because it's a trap as admiral akbar says and then uh the emperor is eventually thrown into the reactor pit by darth vader and the ewoks and han solo and chewbacca defeat the imperials after they defeat the imperials on the ground and then darth vader has his nice little redemption moment and then hayden christensen appears as a force ghost as the ewoks roast uh stormtrooper heads for dinner all right so that wasn't 60 seconds how long did i go I don't know. I can't count. (laughs) It was more than 60 seconds, but uh, yeah, you pretty much hit everything. I like how you start with, okay, we start with an opening crawl. Every fucking Star Wars movie we watch has that. No, 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 no. Rogue One. Not the holiday special, not Rogue One. And not Solo. And not Solo. But I'm talking like, oh my God. Okay, so just. Also, one thing that I noted, the re- I think the reason I mentioned the opening crawl is because it's been on my mind. Have you noticed that all of these opening crawls could be Trump tweets? Oh, like they're really short sentences? And really just- short sentences with random exclamation points in, pa- in parts? War! Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much the only one I remember. I honestly- the dead speak! I honestly we'll get to that. Don't really read the opening crawls. Oh. I find them kind of, they're kind of fun. I just like, whatever, just catch me up later. Like, I don't need to read. That like, finally, I don't go to school anymore. Like, I don't need to read anymore. The opening crawl crawled so that Netflix, in case you missed it on last week's episode, could watch walk. <laughs> that was bad. You tried. Anyways, um, so to be honest, I'm going to start this out with a spicy hot take. I think this, out of the original trilogy, this is the weakest movie. That's not a hot take at all. That's like universally agreed upon. Oh, it is? Yeah. I thought it was a hot take. No. Oh, not I'm not alone then. No, so, basically everyone I've ever talked to believes that. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's the slowest movie and like, I just feel like this movie was basically made to sell toys. Yes, that is clearly one of the criticisms of it. I think there's a lot of... Just background characters that like look interesting and could be cool for a story, but like never used. Well, you start to see... I mean, part of that is also the richness of the Star Wars universe and the appeal of it. Like, Yeah, but they it... weren't like originally going to like flesh out these characters. These were just like background characters so you can like, Which characters buy... are you talking about specifically? I'm like talking about like the whole... Okay, so I'm talking about the Ewoks, which 
We don't yeah. really get that much backstory on Ewoks. They're like, they're teddy bears and they fuck up shit. That's all you need to know. Yeah, they throw rocks and they're kind of funny. That's it. And uh, they believe in a golden droid god. Yeah, that's a whole other thing we're getting into. But, and then when you go visit Jabba, he has all these like other like random characters around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but like none of Bib them. Bib Fortuna, his uh, Twi'lek right hand man. So many words I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, I don't look like a penis, right? Yes. His uh, Kowakian monkey lizard. Oh, the yeah. See the monkey lizard. What yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Those, like, are, those are just pets. They just laugh. They, they aren't sentient. Oh, my God. Of course you know that. Yeah. Of course you know that. But, yeah, I just feel like... There was definitely a lot of that in this movie. And this, is, this one is definitely the most shameless about it. I do agree with you. Especially the Ewoks. I actually... My that was take from... Very we, shameless. We can get into kind of, like, the whole thing in a minute. But... As long as we're talking about the Ewoks, let's just start there. Um, I don't know if this is, like, out there or if this is known or whatever, but I feel like when I was watching that, the Ewok... You po- actually pointed it out that Endor is so similar to uh, um, to Kashyyyk, which is where Chewbacca is from, with the, from the tree houses, all that stuff. And we've seen what George Lucas's vision of Kashyyyk was in the holiday special. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we've seen what his vision was in the holiday special. And I, th- I honestly think that the original plot was supposed to be for them to be on Kashyyyk there. And they just were like... Well, we got to make it cuter and, like, sell toys and have some humor for kids. So, voila, Ewoks. Again, like, that's just my theory. I don't know if that's accurate. So, that is accurate because I... Oh! Oh! (laughs) So, I read it on a... I believe it was a Wired article about things you don't know about the Return of the Jedi. So, they they were originally supposed to go to Kashyyyk, which is where the Wookiees are. But they decided because Chewbacca is a Wookiee and he, like knows how to do technology and stuff that they decided that the Wookiees were too advanced for the storyline. So they decided to make another species of Ewoks because, you know, they're very primitive and stuff like that. Solid story reason to sell on the marketing aspect. Sure. I don't know if that's... Yeah. So... I feel like it's probably a little of both. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it wouldn't make sense for them to go to this... Because we see the Ewoks also figure out some technology. It's not like you couldn't take Chewbacca yeah. off of like a more primitive homeworld and kind of teach him about. But stuff. I think it's a lot cuter to have them like, "Whoa, what's this?" And yeah. you know, like in the whole like the whole three PO kind of deal of him bringing them. Like, why would they? Br- I don't know. This movie has solidified my hate for three PO. <laughs> really? Okay. So much. He is just. He is so useless until like he has to translate something and then he's like okay cool but, but like he, everyone complains about him every time they bring him somewhere and it's like leave his ass at home like i don't understand why he's going on all these adventures like he's he's the comedic relief he's not funny he's just oh, annoying he's hilarious no come he's on not. he's not 3po is hilarious no he's annoying he's like running around he's like it's oh no ob- it's objectively funny when like, like no, he just, just gets watching, in the way no just watching han's reactions every time that c3po like the one time han's like I found something useful for you to do. Finally. He always feels like he's so brilliant. Like he came up with one thing that 3PO can do that's useful for them. 3PO's like, that's against my base programming. And like just Han's reactions to all of that. That's my reaction. It's like, why are you even here? Well, so that's what he's supposed to be. He's like, he's the amusing... Why did they bring him? What logical sense to translate I mean, on that shit? mission, there's not a whole lot of logic. No. Although he did, I mean, again, they couldn't have come up with the Ewok plan without 3PO there to translate it for them. Okay. So he had some use. You well, picked the wrong movie to come after my boy. No, I think in the beginning when they went into Jabba the Hutt's 
is it lair cave sex His dungeon palace. all right so jabba's all three. palace jabba's palace um he comes in and they're all like oh we have a message from luke and then like r2d2 plays the message and he's like oh here is two droids they're for you we're gonna trade them for solo and 3po's like wait no not no, 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 no. this this thing is not this plan i i did want to highlight this this and plan touch is on it. stupid yes this plan is so stupid not to trade them for solo he just said i'm gonna give them to you as a gesture of goodwill to start negotiations that about even getting solo in his little ice cube right yeah, but that wasn't to trade he was just giving them to him as like hey this why is a gift why didn't he tell the, the droids he's well, like because hey, he didn't think 3PO would go if he told them. Because he's dumb yeah. and he's useless. And then so, like, his original plan is basically to just, like, give the droids to Jabba. And I guess, like, maybe because he's a Jedi, he's, like, told himself, well, I can't just walk in there and kill all of them. You know, I gotta make them attack me first because that's the only justification for this stupid plan because he sends the droids in and then they predictably like java's like oh i'm just gonna steal them and then leia comes in and try like tries to with a chained up chewy who again can we highlight the He's all of sold their plans into slavery once again every single one of their plans is like you know what Chain Let's up handcuff chewy yeah and bring him as a hostage Everywhere they go. I know. And he clearly hates it and his trauma he's either a great actor or he hates it and he's traumatized it. And I lean towards the second one because yes. the backstory of the Wookiees is that the Emperor basically uses them as slave labor after the Clone Wars. <laughs> so this is something that's clearly triggering for him because Nobody it's a real cares. issue for his people and everybody's like, No, Chewbacca, it's gonna be fine. We're just gonna put the handcuffs You're on. You're a walking you again. carpet. Like what else are we gonna do? We can't disguise they him. They treat well, him like a dog. <laughs> they can't disguise him. That's probably why. I guess that's... I mean, I don't it's know. I just feel like him. it's unnecessarily traumatic for our poor, loyal friend. Like, the <laughs> the only guy in this who's, like, like, the most selfless character in the history of the Star Wars universe, just always putting it on the line for his friends. He truly is a good boy. <laughs> and then, so, they, they involve... Like, they're supposed to give Chewie back, and then Leia, I guess, just decides to break Han out and start making out with him, because, you know, it's been a while. I don't know. Oh, um, also, like, okay, so when they when they rescue Han, he gets like melted, right? I don't know. I don't. What the fuck is he melted. stuck in? He's in carbonite, which what is the hell is that? It's basically a metal type freezing thing that they use to put people in essentially stasis. Oh, so it's just like a long nap. Yeah, they're basically asleep in there. So but it's that's a spa why day. he had hibernation sickness when he came out. Because okay, what is hibernation sickness? So he can't see, but he can hear. When you bring them out, it's supposed to be a lot slower than that, and they just basically like plopped him out. So all of his senses were taking some time to reactivate. After what are you talking about? Down. The only thing he did was not see. He could hear. He could smell. He could talk. No, but he was cold. Like he didn't feel well. There was there was he just there looked slimy, symptoms. and he's like, I can't see. His eyes are clearly and moving. And then Chewie just gave him a big hug just to make. No, no, better. the thing is that he was, Chewie, Chewie's rescuing him. He's giving him a hug. And then he, he, like, turns Han around so he's facing out. And they're just, like, standing there spooning each other. I was like, what the, the fuck The truest friendship on? in the galaxy. <laughs> but then it just No made... love in the entire Star Wars saga is purer than Chewie's love for Han. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, another thing I did Because like... Han saved his life one time. Exactly one time. Yeah, I know. So, the solo movie has ruined pretty much everything. No, well, it's just it's a religious thing for the Wookiees. Well, if somebody saves your life, you owe them a life debt. Oh, that doesn't sound. So, like for him, it's a very spiritual thing. Spiritual slavery. I, I guess. I 
I I prefer to think of it as spiritual friendship. Wait, so so Leia was coming in to save Han. So she was in her little disguise and everything. What the fuck was Lando doing there? Lando was originally sent and then they hadn't heard back from him. Apparently he was just going deep undercover and waiting for Luke's plan to fail so that he could help them fight their way out. I don't know. He didn't tell anyone? No, no, no. He told them. They knew. Oh, they knew he was yeah, there? Yeah, somebody mentioned that they already sent Lando there and they hadn't heard back from him. <laughs> he doesn't want to update? He's like, no, I'll just meet up with you guys later. I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. Lando's the type that just kind of, you know... Makes plans up as he goes. Also, this palace has the worst security in the history of mankind. It has these giant blast doors, but the robot droid thing apparently just lets anyone in because every single character manages to just walk into the palace. Leia doesn't fight her way in. She just walks in with Chewie. The droids basically just walk in. Like, they could have strapped a bomb to R2-D2 and this would have been a lot faster. Yeah. Um, and... Like, then Luke just walks in, and eventually, like, he does fight some people, but the door just opens for him, and he just, like, basically force chokes and mind tricks his way in. Okay, that's another thing. One of these, I don't know, like, nothing makes, to me, nothing makes sense in this movie. Okay. Watching it. To have Luke come into this movie dressed in all black, okay, he's got his emo phase going on, and he just starts choking, like, force choking people when he can clearly just wave his hand and do the Jedi mind trick? Like, why does he decide to choke people? Like, that's not part I mean, of his character at all. Like, what happened between, you know, the Empire Strikes Back and the Return of the Jedi to have him just turn into a different character? That's also become more of a traditionally dark side power as the movies have went on, but I don't think they thought about it that deeply when this movie was made, and I think that they were just trying to establish, look, he has a lot of the powers now that Vader has, that Kenobi has, look, because he can force choke people. Why, because he, he went to, like, people. maybe one week of training? Well, no, it's was... been, like, now it's, it, it, there's been at least, like, a year or so elapsed. Why are there so movies. many, like, so, like, just... I don't understand these, between these movies, there's so much time in between these movies, and, like, we miss so much, and by the time we're plopped into the story, it's like, oh, whoa, they, they've completely changed, you know? Yeah, well, but I think that they do, honestly, one of the things that these movies do a pretty good job doing is establishing the new status quo pretty quickly up front. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, like, what did he even have to go through to be this kind of dark character now? I don't know. It's, a, it's probably going to get fleshed out in comics or books or something down the line. No, I want to know now. I'm only watching the movies. Okay, like, I don't well, want to go into the, all that, that I stuff. guess that is a criticism that you could make of this. Although I argue that it's not as important as the fact that he now has these powers and is, like, kind of ready, more ready for a face down with, uh, showdown with Vader than he would have been previously. Why is he wearing all black? I don't know. It just absorbs the sunlight. <laughs> um... So, establish yeah. his dominance. Yeah, this movie, I don't know. It had like I feel like the first half was kind of slow, and then you got. I, I mean, it starts out a little slow, but then they get to the fight at the pit of Carcoon and uh, w- with Sarlacc and Snorlax. Yes, Snorlax. And, <laughs> like, I thought that, the you know, the fight was pretty cool. It, est- it further establishes Luke's powers. He's just going around mowing guys down with his lightsaber. Not necessarily the best choreography for all of it. And I also think that the way Boba Fett died was a little ridiculous <sighs> for this stupid. guy. Like, they've said, like, first of all, in The Empire Strikes Back, they set him up as, like, this badass among badasses. When Darth Vader yeah, walks up there, the no disintegrations. Yeah. And Boba's like, the oh, one man. that follows them. He's the one that catches Han. They set him up as like best bounty hunter in the galaxy and then he gets defeated by a blind han solo who just rams into his jetpack sends him flying he hits a ship and then falls into the pit of carcoon 
Well, yeah, this is the first time in the and movies. And it's allegedly, maybe, possibly, devoured by Sarlacc. Maybe. But, yeah, it's convenient that this, like, this Snorlax kind of thing takes, like, a thousand years to digest. Like, yes. you could clearly fight your way through the gag system and be thrown up well, right at that point. So, in the original Expanded Universe, oh, there were gases inside of its, like, mouth and stuff that made you see, basically, your worst nightmares and kind of paralyzed you into fear as it was digesting you alive. Um, Boba fought his way out in the original Expanded Universe. It remains to be seen. There have been hints in some of the books. There was one book, I don't remember which one it was, that talks about uh, one of the characters found some discarded but acid-burned Mandalorian armor in the desert. Um, I thought Mandalorian armor was supposed to be, like, really strong. Yes, it is. I mean, that's how prob would presumably be how he survived, uh, was the strength of the Beskar metal. Um... And so I actually think that he did survive. And, you know, we just watched the season finale of The Mandalorian today. So if you haven't watched that yet, just, like, tune out. Or if you haven't watched, like, I think it was the sixth episode, where at the end they show uh, someone like, boots walking up to one of the corpses. And they have the same jangling spurs that happen when Boba Fett walks in these original mo movies. And I think that they're setting up. They were slowly kind of backdooring. Season two is going to be Boba Fett who actually is not Mandalorian, according to canon. and uh, He's not? Yeah, Django, uh, the Mandalorians accuse Django of stealing someone's armor. They say that he's not a true Mandalorian, which means that Boba Fett is also not a true Mandalorian unless he went and embraced the culture and picked it up at some point. But otherwise, like, I think that it sets up a really interesting season two of Mandalorian where, uh, you know, like, they clearly believe in this armor and this way is sacred and, like, it's very holy to them. And if this person is basically being an imposter and going around and putting unnecessary heat on them and it just i think season two may follow something along those lines where he's basically hunting down boba fett who is uh you know he sees as kind of like sacrilege but anyway but anyways back to return of the jedi with the boba fett character i feel like that is such a cop-out to just kill him i mean it's the first time we're seeing him live action he has a fucking jet pack and we're like whoa this is one badass motherfucker and then what happens he just falls into a pit and dies yeah. And it's like, we literally it's saw you maybe a movie ago. That was it. You didn't get any lines. You just stood there. And so I don't know. You did have some lines. But so not he was many. basically made to make toys. Yeah. I mean, that, that is. so dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they definitely. I, I feel like they did a disservice to how cool they set up the character to maybe be with how easily he, he had went so out. much potential. I yeah. thought I was waiting for like a big showdown. Of him and, I don't know, any like of the least, characters. At least his dad got his head chopped off by Mace Windu. Like, yeah, he kind of went down fell. easy. He, but and he, he, it looked like he tripped, too. He was like, oh, and he yeah. fell down, and the thing ate him. Goes to show, like, it's not the armor that makes the man, I guess. <sighs> See, that's another thing I don't like about this movie. It's just, like, all these things just don't matter. <laughs> you know? Like the whole, I guess like, I didn't see it that way. I we should get into the second half of the plot involving the Death Star plan. Oh and yeah, okay. So the Death Star, the plan. Yoda training, and all of that stuff. Oh my God! So this part, so so they build the Death Star, right? It blows up, and they're like, okay, let's reconvene. Let's get another plan. What should we do? Let's make another Death Star because you know clearly the first one wasn't you know good so like, enough. Let's build one without the little hole that you can just shoot a missile into and blows up the whole thing. Why wouldn't you just make something else? Like why why a repeat? Like well, why are they? As we saw in Rise of Skywalker, eventually they figured out another backup plan. They just attached Death Star lasers to all their star destroyers. Oh my god! 
Yeah, we don't. I don't we'll get into that later. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's just really dumb. There's, it was it was fairly unimaginative, and that yeah, is one of the cri- that is one of the criticisms of this movie as well that I think is genuine. Is like instead of coming up with a bigger batter threat, although they do, I think, do a good job of establishing the Emperor himself as a bigger yeah. batter threat, ultimate big bad of the trilogy. Yeah, he literally holds the leash for Darth Vader. Yeah, who is to this point the most intimidating thing we've ever seen on screen, and then it turns out he's like nothing compared to this guy. Yeah, and that's his master, and yeah. so. They did a good job of establishing that, but yeah, I do think that it was a little bit lazy to be like, oh, we're just going to build another exact carbon copy of the Death Star. Yeah, and then when Luke is like, hey, guys, I'm going to go back to Dagobah and talk to Yoda and finish my training, the moment he gets there, Yoda's like, you know what? I'm going to die. So... Good timing, Luke. Yeah, did he hold out for Luke to get there? He's like, well, Luke's coming in five minutes. Better hurry up my death, you know? Yeah, I also think that this movie... I don't. I honestly don't think that this is probably what George Lucas intended. Um, but it also showed the cracks and the problems in the Jedi Order uh, further in how they basically tried to manipulate Luke the exact same way that they manipulated Anakin. Yeah. Like they didn't tell him about his sister because they were worried that it would affect like uh, you know the way that he was going to be. They didn't tell him about his father because they wanted him to go and kill his father. Which, if you think about it, no matter how bad Darth Vader is, that's really screwed up yeah. to basically gas this guy up, basically use luke as a living weapon and be like no you're gonna go kill this guy because we died and failed trying not even died they're like we just disappeared and gave up you're fine though you can yeah go. you could do it well we're old yeah we're but, fine we just disappeared yeah obi-wan kind of gave up yoda in fairness he was like 900 years old yeah so but like it was I, about that time yeah i guess so but still i feel like that's pretty young in yoda years yeah and like you know i i just think that uh, he was gonna have him he was keeping his heritage a secret and he was just like basically they used the exact same plan that they used on anakin when they were manipulating him in episode three but it just worked on luke yeah. like luke just went for it. anakin had had enough years where he's like i'm fed up with this shit yeah like and with them constantly trying to get him to spy on people or get him to go do things or whatever and outside of his own goals and motivations and just not caring about his feelings and they were constantly lying to him and misleading him and getting him to do stuff he wasn't okay with. They do the same thing with Luke and it just works this time. Well, because Luke's dumb as... He's just dumb. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little naive too. Yeah, he is. And like he clearly wants to be accepted and that's like a big theme of these movies. Although he does seem more self-assured in this one than he comes off in either of the first two. Where like the episode five, the whole subplot is he's like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get to Cloud City. My friends, they aren't gonna like me anymore if I let them die. I know. It's funny when he's all like, he asks Yoda, he's like, Yoda, you need to tell me, is Darth Vader my dad? Yoda... Literally just him, turns away. Turns away. He's like, I'm going to go to sleep now <laughs> he's forever. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I got to take a nap. And then he like mumbles. He's like, yeah, your dad. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's your dad. And then he just, just fades away. Yeah, um, nice. Also, this movie, everybody got mad when in The Last Jedi, uh, like force ghosts could manipulate stuff and actually like affect the physical world. And then same thing happens in Rise of Skywalker. This movie sets that up actually. Obi-Wan, when you notice when he walks in, a couple branches actually move when he oh passes by. Oh my God. Who so, cares? Force ghosts, they've always been able to move stuff. Go watch the scene. I'm telling you. That stuff wanna, moves. I don't want to watch this movie again. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, and, like, like their, their justification for manipulating and lying to him is Obi-Wan, he says, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I was Which like, is what like, the hell? <laughs> okay. Amazing line. That but actually still, is a great line of dialogue. Dick move. But still. Such a dick move. Yeah. 
like, seriously, like, he's super naive. He doesn't really know anything. He's going to believe anything anything tells him. Because that's, like, his father figure, basically, yeah. that he never had. He's like, no, I mean, technically, your dad did die because he took on a new name and became this other guy. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so, yeah, that whole second half was kind of slow. We do get to the third half where they go the to... The third half? Oh, fuck. <laughs> The third act, the third and final act, where they go to um, Endor and fight the stormtroopers there. Yes. Yeah. So that's to try and lower the blast shields on the de- the deflector shields on um, the Death Star, so that Lando and Admiral Akbar can lead the attack run and take it out. Yeah. See, I didn't get any of that because by the time the second half, the second part of this movie ended. And they were on Endor. I kind of tuned out after that. Because I think it's just like they're Great. all stuck in one location. Everything looks the same. And then they're just, they keep trying and failing, trying and failing. And I was like, all right, I'm over it. Like, I'm going to wait till the ending and see what happens. So I kind of tuned out. <laughs> Great. What? What? I thought it was a boring third third act. You thought the third act was boring? <laughs> yes. You're crazy. Yeah, I thought it was boring. The third act, okay, like, yes, it has slow parts when they're trying to negotiate with the Ewoks and coming yeah. up with the plan. I thought it was kind of cool that C-3PO using his, like, powers as a translator and ability to make sound effects to kind of tell them the story. And you're hearing the first two Star Wars movies being retold to essentially these children in real time. And you're seeing the legends of these characters develop in that universe and why the Ewoks would be so willing to fight alongside them because C-3PO basically gives them rebel propaganda. And, like, again, just Justified propaganda from a certain point of view, but didn't work out so well for those stormtroopers when basically feral teddy bears attacked them and killed them. Yeah, um, like, uh, I mean, these stormtroopers have armor, they have weapons, and they're, they're we've seen bested in the by That armor's tiny fairly useful, teddy useless. Bears. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're getting hit in the head with rocks and dying. Yeah. They're like, oh, ow, oh, no, I'm dead. Yeah. But, like, how embarrassing is that to be, like, to come back and be like, And it's kind of sad happened? in retrospect because so many of them were probably conscripts. Like, we learn in the second trilogy that we're, or the third trilogy that we're about to watch that, like, Finn was brought in, like, by force. He did not want to be a stormtrooper. Most of these people were probably drafted in and forced to serve. And they're, you know, they get sent to this, like, backwater forest moon place. And they're just told to walk around and patrol. And then all of a sudden these teddy bear things start killing them. Yeah. It's a little sadder in retrospect. I don't know. I just thought that part was boring. You're crazy. I know. And then, like, Luke's whole confrontation with Vader was really cool. On the Death Star, you have the whole attack run where it's revealed that the Emperor leaked those plans because he knew the end to make them come so that he could draw them out and kill them all. The Death Star starts firing on everything and blowing it up. Yeah, but it's, like, um, half-made. How is it, like, full power? It, they they just worked on the parts that needed to work. They didn't work <laughs> on building the whole battle station, so it couldn't go anywhere, but they just made the gun work. So lazy. And, um, no, it was so that it would seem like a trap it was so that it, the trap would seem genuine like it's like oh look at this thing it's like not fully done but the firepower was full of, that death star is fully operational <laughs> our deflector shields can't repel firepower of that magnitude yeah the, i think it's the, a trap the one thing that bothered me was that like luke kept saying he's like no i still see good in good in my dad and i'm like bitch where where is this goodness that you're seeing? Like, he has killed so many people. He blew up a planet. I think it goes back to Luke's nature of just wanting a family so bad. And, like, he finds out that he actually has a dad. And he has a dad that's alive. And, like, someone that was never in his life. And, like, I think he wants him back and he wants to redeem him. It goes to, like, the hopeful nature of the character and the optimistic nature that, like, he thought that there was no one beyond, say, well, 
I guess not the emperor, but he thought that his dad <laughs> was not beyond saving. And what uh, made him? I just don't understand what made Vader just change his mind. Like he's watching his son get electrocuted by Palpatine, and he's like, eh, "I think I'll step in." Like, but that's like after maybe what ten minutes of him watching his son get. No, tortured? it was only. Uh, it was it was a couple shocks, but it was not like ten minutes of the movie. Felt I mean, like it. he he shocked him a couple times, but they also cut away and they came back and you know like. But Palpatine, what makes him decide like okay, this is the time he's watching his son get electrocuted after not fighting back and refusing oh, to kill but, him. But blowing up his daughter's planet, it's like whatever. I don't care. I, he didn't realize. To be fair, he didn't realize that that was his daughter at to the time. To be fair, and, I feel like he would have felt her force. Apparently not. Wow. Darth Vader's misogynistic. No, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we can't really say how all that works. If you can, like, feel if somebody's your relative through the Force. That hasn't really been established. Well, no, because Luke can feel Leia, right? He's like, oh. No, he just guessed. Yeah, but he's like, oh, but I know. But they, like, both kind of knew it t- towards the end, too. They're like, oh, yeah, we're Well, related. Darth Vader was also on the dark side. There's a whole other thing that comes with that. I don't know. If you start bullshit. digging too deeply <laughs> into that, then, like, you're just looking for flaws, ultimately. There has to be some level of suspension of disbelief. Whatever. And, like, I, I think that it just, it shows, like, the movie's messages, I guess, are that no one is really beyond redemption. And that's, like, the whole core message of except the trilogy. Yeah, well, except Palpatine. Um, <laughs> Luke doesn't even try with him. Yeah. That whole throne room scene confrontation, I, I think Luke must have told Kylo Ren at some point, while or Ben Solo, while he was training him. He's like, you know my one regret about the whole, like, for, getting force lightning thing and all that was, like, my lightsaber was just sitting there. If I would have just used the force and turned it on, I could have killed him. And, you know, Ben Solo, during episode eight, is just like thinking like he's like hey oh this is is the plan luke was talking about i could do what he didn't do and boom you have uh that's your theory yeah that's my theory whatever i think at some point he saw luke's horrific lightning scars that he probably had and was like how did you get those and luke's like well let me tell you a story (laughs) let me tell you how i got these scars (laughs) yeah exactly um so I actually thought that it was a satisfactory conclusion to the Luke and Vader narrative. You see this, like, relationship building where... What Luke, relationship? Luke hates him in the first movie. He's, like, the embodiment of evil. He wants nothing more than to kill him. Then he finds out that he's his father, and he starts to look at it a little bit differently. How did Luke know... Th- I mean, how did Darth Vader know that was his son? I believe the Emperor told him. Either that or he felt it. But he couldn't feel his daughter. I don't know. Because he, he's a misogynistic I, To be honest, I don't remember. Person. I'm sure that there's something in there. He's like, oh, a woman? She can't have as much power as I can. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's true if you really look at it like that. From a certain point of view. Yes. <laughs> um, I just don't see the relationship between him and his dad. Like, they didn't really talk that much. They kind of just stood there next to each other. Well, and you then... see Vader start to, I think, like have when? some misgivings about murdering his own son. They have them dead to rights as they're going down to Endor, and Vader tells him to let tells the Imperial to let them through, even though it might mess up the plan. Like because he doesn't want to just shoot his son out of the sky. He wants some part of him wants to talk to Luke again. And while like that manifests is like let come to my side. Let me train you. Eventually he realizes no, my son is right, and I need to save him. And I think it's like it's a movie about like you know family bonds running deep, even if like you had and like the, yeah, but he doesn't no, care about Leia. Anyone can come back. He didn't know about Leia. Yeah, well, how did he know later. about Luke? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember to be honest. I guess you're right. Thank you. The movie is terrible. It is. Thanks, Mia, for exposing this. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, they they finished. Was there anything else that you didn't like about this movie? Since you just, you didn't watch, but you have a lot of thoughts and you hated it. At least I have stuff to back it up on why I didn't like it. Okay. 
But you don't care. I think you're judging these movies a little bit deeper than they need to be judged. Mm, they should be because it's the 21st century and they should be okay. with the critical eye. All right. Um, what are your final thoughts on this movie? I honestly thought it was a pretty satisfactory conclusion to what we thought was the end of the Skywalker saga. And then it ended up continuing for three more movies. But um, I, I thought it brought like the narrative arc to a nice close. You see Luke slowly become a Jedi. Like they're basically supposed to be warrior monks who are very forgiving. And he is like, you know, I think his hopeful nature shines through in this in the way that he try thinks that no one, you know, or at least that his father is not beyond saving. Um, and I think that you just continue to see the bond between those core three that is very genuine and, um... Not forced at all. Yeah, unlike the the third trilogy. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, the only other thing is, uh, just the Han, Leia, Luke thing was so weird. Um, the, the love triangle, whatever, like, even at the end, Han's like, oh, you love him, never mind. When he comes back, I'll just, I'll give you my blessing and take off. She's like, no, I don't love him like that. He's my brother. And he's like, well, how would I have even known that? Yeah. <laughs> the, like, look on confusion on his face was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, thinking back to everything that happened before. You could see, like, his little brain working. He's like, he's your, wait a second, when did you find out he was your brother? Wait, did you find out now? Or did you find out, like, it wasn't on Hoth, right? <laughs> Please tell me it was and on off. Um, yeah, it was an okay movie. I think it was the weaker out of the three, original three. But um, yeah, so what's our next movie? Our next movie is Star Wars Episode Seven, uh, The Force Awakens. And we'll see how that still holds up now. Yes, all of like whatever, four years later after it came out. <laughs> well, now that we have all of the, the three new movies kind of... I don't know what I'm saying. We have the, now that we have the entire eight movies before it stuck in our brains, we can uh, go into this one. It should be fun. Continuing our Trek Through the Star Wars series. Yay. So if you want to listen to those episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or I guess it's Apple, Apple Podcasts now is what it's technically considered. Everybody knows what iTunes is. So you can find us in those places. You can find us on social media. Just search Rewind and Reconsider. We're on Facebook, or not Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Mia's going to set up a Reddit. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's not actually <laughs> no. going to do that. Uh, and yeah, we are going to continue and try and get through this last trilogy. Again, apologies that we did not get through these catch-ups in time for the newest movie to come out. But um, we well, both have full-time jobs, and it's just h- kind of hard to keep this going sometimes. So we're going to keep after it, and we're gonna wa- we will be back with you for Episode 7. Yep. May the Force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>